Welcome back to the 49 Away podcast. This is episode 7, and don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. On today's episode, we're going to start off by addressing the huge news regarding George Kittle's contract extension. We'll get to more of that in just a little bit. But as I said last week, this this week's episode is primarily going to be focused on fantasy football advice and helping people get prepared for their upcoming drafts as it's finally almost mid-August and fantasy season is finally upon us. And of course, another season of Hard Knocks debuted this week for the first time ever. Two teams, the Chargers and the Rams, on this season of Hard Knocks and it's finally starting to feel a little more like football season again. Of course, there has been nothing normal about this year. Training camp looks everything but normal as seen on Hard Knocks, but it's just how you adjust to the situation. And that's what so many of these players have been saying in their media availabilities. And Anthony Lynn addressed his team in Hard Knocks, the head coach of the Chargers, also said a very similar thing of expect the unexpected. There's going to be a lot of transactions, things are going to be different, and it's going to be a very unordinary season. And having said that, fantasy football is going to be different too. And we're going to explain how the pandemic is going to affect fantasy football and why this year's fantasy season is going to be a little weird as well. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But on today's episode, I'll go through some of my top tier players that I think will go in the early rounds, some sleepers, some dark horses that I think have are going to have good fantasy value this year that none of the media is really looking at, and also talk about some players to avoid and much more. Having said that, Let's get to the big news, the news that all the 49er fans have been wanting to know, when is it going to happen? It has finally happened. After all the talk in the media about talks are slow and George Kittle wants to be paid like a wide receiver more than a tight end, that is all done. John Lynch got the job done and earlier today it was reported George Kittle has agreed to a five-year extension worth $75 million and officially resets the tight end market and George Kittle is officially the highest paid tight end in football as he well should be. George Kittle has had a fantastic start to his, <coughs> to his season so far. He's had two 1,000-yard seasons the past two years. But of course, like we all know, what makes George Kittle so special is his ability to block, to run, in the receiving game as a receiver, George Kittle is just so, so good at everything that he does and is arguably the most important part on this offense. When he's in there, it goes. I think George Kittle is the second most important opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo just gives us a chance to win every game. Without him, offense isn't the same. Having said that, without George Kittle, this team can do nearly as much as what they want to do on a game-to-game basis. And of course, you saw that when George Kittle sat out the Seattle and the Arizona game last season. The running game was non-existent in either of those games. But you see the difference when the Niners have George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. They will run all over you. But that's it. George Kittle, contract is done, locked in for another five years. you love to see it. It's finally just a, just a really good positive mindset now for the Niners now that that's out of the way 
Kittle can focus on the future, focus on this season, and the Niners can finally focus on getting to the Super Bowl once again in Tampa Bay. And that seems to be the goal of everyone in the locker room. And my only worry about all that is I don't want the team to get ahead of themselves. This is a tough road, a tough schedule. It's not easy to get back. Having said that, if there's any team that I could bet on to get back to the Super Bowl, it's this team. They got the right mindset. They got the right guys in the building, the right coaching staff. They're bringing back a lot of the same roster of last year. They're bringing back a lot of the same coaching staff of last year. So if there's any team that I could bet on getting back to the Super Bowl, I like the Niners odds of doing that. But I certainly don't want this young team to, well, relatively young team to get a little bit ahead of themselves because it hasn't been kind to a lot of teams that have lost in the Super Bowl in the past. We saw what happened to the Panthers, the Eagles, went to, even though they won the Super Bowl, they struggled the next season. We saw what happened to the Rams last year. So it's been a common theme, and I don't think that's going to happen to the Niners. I think this team is just too good. But like I said before, expect the unexpected in 2020. Anything can happen. So that's it. George Kittle locked in, five-year deal, highest paid tight end in football. We all knew that was going to happen. Good to know that that's done now and we can focus on football. So to fantasy football advice, I'm going to start off with going over some tips for people who either have never played or need extra tips going into how many ever years you've been playing fantasy football. But these are some tips that I always use. I always like to look at from year to year. My last two seasons have been that great, been around 500 record. So I've have drafted a lot of players that have had a lot of injuries, but injuries are just a part of the game. And especially this year with COVID and the COVID list, things are going to get all sorts of whack. Having said that, the one thing that I look forward to every single year, the first thing in the first round is, are there more good wide receivers or are there more good running backs? Whichever of those two positions have less talent that's the one you pick in the first round, which this year, there are more good wide receivers that I would pick. Having said that, there are only a few really good running backs that I would take. So if you have an early pick, top five pick, top seven pick, I'm picking a running back in the first round and I'll get to some of the running backs who I would eye in just a little bit. But I just think that when you look at both positions this year, there are a lot more good wide receivers that you can take in maybe the third or fourth round. But if you have a first round pick, I would bank on taking a running back because there are a limited amount of really, really good talent. But of course, having said that, you never know what's going to happen with injuries and all that stuff. Second thing is always take offense and talent on that team into consideration. So for example, let's take Aaron Rodgers. For example, he doesn't have the greatest talent around him aside from Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Or let's take a team that has a really good run game, but a terrible offensive line. So for example, say Le'Veon Bell, who was a top tier running back. Then he went to the Jets, didn't have a great season last year. They completely revamped their O-line. So do you really want to bet on something like that? So kind of just things like that, just always taking into account who else is on that team and 
is that team going to succeed or not? Because you don't want to take a bet on something new that's happening. For example, Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement, which we'll get to a little later on. That, do you really want to bank on that? Or would you rather take a Zach Ertz or a Mark Andrews who are a Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, obviously, who have been in a system, they've been consistently healthy. So just certain things like that you want to take into account. The next one, of course, is injuries, which I already mentioned. Injuries are always an issue in the NFL. It happens. You can't predict when they're going to happen. It's just something that happens. And of course, this year, of course, with the COVID list, it's not just going to be injuries that you're going to have to worry about, which makes things even harder. But always take into account players injury history right if a player is really really good but they've been injury for example or injury prone for example Carson Wentz great talent but he's often injury prone and he usually gets hurt near the end of the year where you need him in the playoffs so certain things like that you have to kind of be wary of and the last two things are always go with your gut and intuition if you have a player that you really want to take and you have a lot of faith in that person Go ahead and take them. And lastly, use your bench as good depth. Whether you have five guys on your bench, six guys on your bench, I always like to always organize my bench in a way where I have a lot of depth at each position. If I have, let's say, <coughs> six six guys on my bench, I like to have two receivers, two running backs, a quarterback, and a flex. So it could be the best running back available or the best wide receiver available or maybe a second tight end. So I like to kind of balance out my bench there. And I feel like this year, depth is going to be so important and your ability to use the waiver wire, which I always like to use the waiver wire. I like to be constantly making transactions and moving guys in and out of my bench. Having said that, this year is going to be that much more important to do that because Like I said, you never know when a player is going to be put on the COVID list or be hurt. You just don't know what to expect. So having a good depth on your bench is going to be huge this season. So hopefully some of those tips will help when you're going into your draft and looking at some of the players and trying to build your team. Hopefully you can take some of those into account and hopefully they'll be helpful. So let's get into some of the top tier players at every position. And I'm going to start with the first overall pick and then I'll go through quarterbacks running backs and receivers and go position by position but if you have the first pick I think this year is kind of a no-brainer there are a few different guys obviously if you want to go quarterback you take Patrick Mahomes you could take a guy like Lamar Jackson who can do it all or you can take a receiver maybe take Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones but let's just be real here Christian McCaffrey is the best overall fantasy player. It's not even close. The guy had 1,387 rushing yards last year and eight touchdowns. He was huge in the passing game, huge in the run game. And since McCaffrey came in the league, he has just been amazing. He's been phenomenal since he came in the league. And on top of that, the Panthers have like literally no talent this year except for McCaffrey. If I'm their offense, I would even do direct snaps to Christian McCaffrey. So if I, if I have the first overall pick, I would bet on taking Christian McCaffrey because you're going to get a lot of production out of him. So let's get the quarterbacks and top tier players here at all these positions and a quarterback. I think it's a no brainer. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are obviously on this list. Patrick Mahomes coming off the Super Bowl 
when obviously I took him last year and he did get hurt a few games. It happens, but you can always bet on him. He's a young guy. He's arguably the most talented player in the National Football League. He's certainly getting paid like it. And Lamar Jackson, phenomenal for fantasy. He can run. He can throw. Lamar Jackson can do it all. And in my opinion, I think he's the best quarterback on the market right now because he can do everything. And for fantasy value, that's fantastic. If he could run, he can throw. Lamar Jackson can do everything. My other three to round out my top five quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Dak Prescott. And I got these three because Russell Wilson, again, can do so much. Yes, he can do a lot on the field and obviously we know what he can do of escaping defenses and all that and being Houdini on the field but Russell Wilson last year he had 31 touchdowns and only five interceptions Russell Wilson does not turn the ball over very often yes they're a run heavy offense but I'm trusting Russell Wilson to throw that football because he just doesn't turn it over that's why I think he's very durable they have a decent offensive line DK Metcalf was fantastic last year. You pair him with Tyler Lockett. I feel like Seattle's always a good one to bet on there. And Russell Wilson's always a good one to bet on there. Dak Prescott, I know the Cowboys had a very brutal year last year. I I didn't even realize this until I really looked at it. Dak Prescott had a very good year statistically. 4,902 yards. Those are the second most passing yards in the NFL last year to Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston led the NFL in passing yards. But Dak Prescott was also 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Not terrible. You got to lower the number of interceptions. But that's not bad to throw 30 touchdowns. That's really not that bad. So Dak Prescott, and then this year you're adding CeeDee Lamb. And of course, you're adding Mike McCarthy as your head coach now. I think things are going to be very different in Dallas. And Dak Prescott could be a guy that you want to bet on. And then, of course, there's Drew Brees. I don't think there's much of an explanation. Drew Brees is just a fantasy machine. The guy rocks up points every year. He's healthy majority of the time. Obviously, he missed a few games last year with a thumb injury. But this is a very pass-heavy team in New Orleans. You have Michael Thomas. You have Emmanuel, you pair him with Emmanuel Sanders. And you have Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. There are so many guys for the Saints to use. Drew Brees is just going to have a field day. And then you add in Taysom Hill, of course, as well, who can do it all. So those are my top five top-tier quarterbacks. I think you can't go wrong with any of those five. I think all five are going to be just set up for success all year long. Let's head into my top five running backs now. Obviously, I mentioned Christian McCaffrey. And my other four, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry. And my fifth one, I struggled with this. Because I wasn't, there were there were a few guys who I'm like, I don't know who to put at five. But I ended up going with Dalvin Cook. And I say that because I had Dalvin Cook last year. He was my best player. He was a workhorse. He ran for over 1,000, 1,135 yards, 13 touchdowns. But most importantly, Dalvin Cook was healthy. Obviously, this year, there's the contract situation. We don't really know what's going on there. So... You know, you can bet on him if you want to. If he's going to show up, I believe he has reported to training camp, but it doesn't seem like him or Mike Zimmer's on the same page, which could be trouble. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. 
But if Dalvin Cook gets a contract done before your draft happens, I'm betting on him. Dalvin Cook is just a beast. And then obviously, Derrick Henry, say no more. I think everyone saw what he did in the playoffs. That sold me. Derrick Henry was an absolute beast. I think Tennessee's offense could do a similar thing. Just do direct snaps to Derrick Henry and you're good. But he was the rushing leader last year. They're bringing back, I believe, majority, if not all, of their offensive line. They're bringing back Ryan Tannehill. That's almost a given that Mike Vrabel wants to run the football next year. So Derrick Henry is a is a great pick, obviously, if he can stay healthy. And then there's Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, which are both very interesting to me. But those two can do it all. I don't know why some people don't take into consideration how well Ezekiel Elliott has done when he's healthy. It's almost the same thing with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott gets a lot of slack, but I guess that just happens when you're naturally the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and you're the quarterback of America's team. And if you're not winning games and getting to the playoffs consistently, you're going you're gonna to get some slack and that happens. But what Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott have done statistically have been very, very good. I've noticed it. I just don't think everyone else has really noticed it. Zeke last year had... 1,357 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's not, that's not terrible. That's pretty good considering Zeke was healthy for most of the year. And I find that ironic because I think that Dallas's season overall may overshadow how good of a year statistically Zeke and Dak had last year. And again, you're bringing in a guy like Mike McCarthy, who's a well-proven head coach and a brand new coaching staff. Things could be a little different this year for Dallas. And you're bringing in a guy like C.D. Lamb on offense too to pair him with Gallup and Cooper in that in that passing game. And then you got Zeke and Pollard in the run game. Dallas could be a very dangerous team. And if I'm in fantasy, you want to look at offenses that are really upbeat. And I look at teams like New Orleans, Dallas, San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, Those are teams that are just really, really good offensively, including the LA Rams. I know they took a step back and they lost a lot of talent, but the Rams are another team that have a very dynamic offense that I would definitely look to take some players from that team as well. Then there's Saquon Barkley, very similar to Christian McCaffrey. I feel that Saquon is the best player on his team. He's the best player on offense, and you know that he's going to get the ball majority of the time. So you can always bet on that. Of course, the other thing is, can Saquon stay healthy? He missed a few games last year. If Saquon can stay healthy, I would would have no issues taking him. So those are my top five for running backs to recap. McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Derrick Henry, and Dalvin Cook. For wide receiver, this is a pretty easy top five here. I I also had a little bit of trouble figuring out who I want at number five. Having said that, I got Michael Thomas as the best all-around wide receiver for this year, Julio Jones at two, Devontae Adams at three, DeAndre Hopkins at four, and Mike Evans at five. That was hard, but I think that Mike Evans obviously got overshadowed last year because of how good of a year Chris Godwin have. And I think now Chris Godwin, I have him in as a sleeper. I'll get to that in a little bit, but I think that he shouldn't be considered a sleeper anymore because of how good of a season that he had. But Mike Evans has always been such a talented wide receiver, but he's never had a great quarterback. Let's be real. That's just how it's been in Tampa Bay, period. They, they've just never had a... They, they've had the talent. They just haven't had the quarterback. 
guess what? You now have the greatest quarterback of this generation in Tom Brady. That is why I have Mike Evans at number five because you have the best quarterback of this generation, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time at, as your quarterback. Mike Evans is going to have a field day. This is a problem that Tom Brady had in New England last year that now you go to Tampa Bay and you have a guy like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who racked up the stat sheet last year. That's huge. Mike Evans last year had 67 catches, 1,157 yards and eight touchdowns. Not terrible. Imagine what he could do with Tom Brady in Bruce Arians offense. It's dangerous. I got Michael Thomas at one. His stats were just disgusting last year and I I had him luckily and I think he was definitely my best player on that team as well 149 catches 1725 yards and nine touchdowns just disgusting Michael Thomas can catch anything the guy is unbelievable and I think he's in that stage of his career where he is in his prime this is the best Michael Thomas that you're gonna get and I feel like the Saints they're getting to the point where it's if we don't win a Super Bowl soon, they may tear it up. They might tear the whole thing up. So if you want to get the best out of Michael Thomas, get him this year because anything after the post Drew Brees era, nothing is guaranteed anymore. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be and all that. But you have Hall of Fame talent and Drew Brees, and you have Michael Thomas right there. You really can't go wrong. That's why I have him as the best overall wide receiver in fantasy. Honestly, I think he might be the best receiver in football all around. Next up, I have Julio Jones. That guy just grinds year in, year out. 99 catches, 1,394 yards, and six touchdowns last season. Julio just balls out. I mean, I think Julio, opposed to Mike Thomas, is a little more on the back end of his prime. I think you won't get the same amount of production that you get from Michael Thomas but Lord you're still gonna get amazing production out of Julio Jones the guy's just an incredible talent that you don't see every day so if you have maybe I'd say early second round late first round pick and you really want a good receiver hell yeah take Julio Jones number three I have Devontae Adams he had a good year last year I didn't think I thought he had more stats than he did. He had 83 catches, 997 yards, and five touchdowns. I honestly thought Devontae Adams had a better year than that. But you look at what Green Bay did in the offseason, they did nothing to address anyone else. So if I had to bet on taking anybody in the early rounds from the Green Bay Packers, I'm taking Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones because they're the two best players on the Packers offense aside from Aaron Rodgers. So I'm taking Devontae Adams same way as Julio Jones, early to mid second round, late first round pick. And then at number four, DeAndre Hopkins. This guy was phenomenal with Deshaun Watson last year. It continues to mind boggle me and I am so sorry for Houston Texan fans. So sorry. That you had to see a guy like him go. It, I just don't understand. And this is a conversation for another day to talk about why in the heck the Houston Texans got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. No idea. And of course, thanks a lot. You trade him to the NFC West and now the Niners have to see him twice a year. Yay us. Having said that, DeAndre Hopkins 
you know he's going to get targets. Larry Fitzgerald is any year now, he could retire. And I mean, any year now, I'm waiting for it. But having said that, you now pair him with a guy like Kyler Murray who can do it all. He's a little similar to Deshaun Watson, but Kyler Murray can run a lot more. It's an air raid offense. Expect a lot from DeAndre Hopkins this year. Last year, 104 catches, 1,165 yards, and seven touchdowns. That was his third straight 1,000-yard season. DeAndre Hopkins just balls. It's funny. I saw a post on Instagram earlier today comparing why he wears number 10. He compares it to Lionel Messi. I find that so ironic because I never even thought of a comparison like that until I really took it in there. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Lionel Messi is known for his finesse in soccer. That's literally what DeAndre Hopkins is known for, his finesse. He's not flashy. He's not big. He's not, you know, really fast like Tyreek Hill. But DeAndre Hopkins' finesse is just unbelievable. And I mean, hey, by all means, from a football fan standpoint, I can't wait to watch Richard Sherman and DeAndre Hopkins go at it twice a year. That's going to be a phenomenal individual matchup. But DeAndre Hopkins in that offense with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, I love it. I would take DeAndre Hopkins round one. Or if he's still there in round two, oh, that's a steal and a half. The tight ends, we already kind of, I already kind of went over that a little bit. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller is my sleeper at tight end. But I think the first four are kind of obvious. Those are the top four tight ends in the NFL. But Darren Waller is definitely one that people are sleeping on. He had 90 catches last year, 1,145 yards, more than Ertz and Andrews, and he had three touchdowns. The Raiders aren't a very, you know, they're not a team that just screams offense, if you will. Like, they're still developing. They're still getting there. They move into a palace of a stadium. They're kind of that team that, like, I just don't think anyone knows what to expect. Like, if I had to put a, a record on them right now, I'd say eh, maybe 8-8, eight and eight, right? If, if they're healthy and whatever, they went out and got Henry Ruggs in the draft. You know, I, it looks like what Gruden is building is, you know, not a joke like it did in year one. But Darren Waller is a guy that I would, like, if there are, if he's there in round maybe five or six and I need a tight end, I say why not? He's a young guy, a lot of upside in a team that I think are going to pass the ball more since they went out and got Henry Ruggs and you pair him with a guy like Darren Waller, look out for him. I like Darren Waller at tight end. It's it's a very interesting pick, but and he's not a flashy pick, but I think he'll pay off in the long run for a lot of fantasy owners. So to sleepers and dark horses, let's start with quarterbacks here. These aren't really sleepers. I feel like they kind of are. I can make the case for them as to be sleepers. I have Kyler Murray... Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady. The only one in here that I think a lot of people are saying he shouldn't he should be a top tier and not a sleeper, and that's Deshaun Watson. I say that because I feel like people are gonna people are gonna undermine him a little bit because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. You don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but you do have Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. My thing is if those guys can stay healthy. They're not as durable as a DeAndre Hopkins. With DeAndre Hopkins, you know you're going to get 15, 16 games out of him every season. Brandon Cooks is very injury prone. 
Will Fuller, very injury prone. And Randall Cobb, near the back end of his career, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. That's And the same thing when they went out and got David Johnson as well. That's the thing with Deshaun Watson is I trust them because Deshaun Watson is an incredible talent. And he's the kind of guy that I would trust to to win a game on his back. He's He did it in the playoffs against Buffalo last year. He literally took it on his back and was like, I'm taking this team and we're going to win. That's where I trust Deshaun Watson. And I think he may be a quarterback one. If, I, if I'm in a two-quarterback league and you're starting two quarterbacks, I'm taking Deshaun Watson as a quarterback two hands down. Maybe a quarterback one. But again, if you don't have a durable wide receiver, I wouldn't trust it as much. Having said that for the other guys, Kyler Murray's a sleeper because you're adding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and you have a Larry Fitzgerald that's still super durable at his age and Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella and some of these other guys, Kenyon Drake can catch out of the backfield. Kyler Murray is a deep sleeper but and is also a dark horse, maybe even a quarterback one. I think that's a little bit high right now. Next year, we'll have that conversation and let's see how Arizona does this year. But next year, let's have a talk and see if Kyler Murray can be quarterback one on a fantasy team. But I still think he's a quarterback two right now. But hey, if you are a Cardinals fan or you really love Kyler Murray, by all means, take him because that offense has a lot of talent and I feel like he'll thrive off of that. And you got Matt Ryan and Josh Allen at three and four. I think Matt Ryan is just very underappreciated for what he does. He comes in, he plays great week in and week out. His defense just got derailed with injuries last season. And that's why I think the Falcons had such a bad year. But now you're adding Todd Gurley if he can be healthy. And you got Ridley and you got Julio and some of these other guys. Matt Ryan's always going to ball. So if you want a guy that you know that you're going to get consistency, not through the roof stats, but you're certainly not going to get garbage stats, take a Matt Ryan. Same thing with a Josh Allen, because similar to Kyler Murray, Josh Allen is adding a big time wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. And that's what I really like. I think Josh Allen can do it all. He can run, he can throw. Josh Allen is a deep sleeper at quarterback as well. And number five, he hasn't been a fantasy threat for a while, but I'm putting him back in the class of a top fantasy quarterback for this year and that's Tom Brady the reason why is it's hard not to look at Tom Brady's situation and say he could rack up a lot of stats this year he's 43 he's in great shape he's in Bruce Arians offense which is a very pass heavy offense you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and oh yeah OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski at tight end you can't go wrong with those targets and that offense, you really can't go wrong. And that's where I'm thinking I would take Tom Brady maybe if maybe a quarterback one, but I'd say more of a quarterback two. But hey, by all means, whatever you want to do. But Tom Brady, I would most certainly take as a quarterback because again, again, he's durable. I trust that offense. It's not like New England where it's like they may run some games. They may pat. You never knew what you were going to get in New England. But in Tampa Bay, you know exactly what you're going to get with Bruce Arians' offense. And I love Tom Brady in that offense. With those targets, I put Tom Brady in that class. And running backs, for some of my dark horses of running backs, I got Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, 
and Le'Veon Bell. I have these five in here. These guys, I would honestly put as tier one. I would put Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones as tier one because I think they just had ridiculous seasons last year. Aaron Jones had 1,084 yards and 16 touchdowns. Chubb went for 1,494 yards and eight touchdowns. Both are ridiculous. I would take either one in the first round, possibly. Nick Chubb is disgusting. And they got better on their offensive line too. So I, I really like Nick Chubb. Let's see what Josh Jacobs can do. It's his second year. You never know with a sophomore slump and all that. But we'll see what happens there. And then Chris Carson, you can't go wrong. If he can stay healthy, Seattle runs the football just as much as Baltimore and San Francisco do. So I like Chris Carson. That's a great pick as well. And Le'Veon Bell is a tricky one. But I really like what the Jets did on their O-line now of how they revamped it. And maybe Le'Veon Bell has a better season. But I wouldn't bet on him just because he plays for the Jets and... I wouldn't trust a single player who dresses in green and white for New York. I just think that offense is just not flashy, not good. Adam Gase is a very overrated coach, but we'll see. But Le'Veon Bell is a is a very good player, and maybe this is a year that he can break out because last year was certainly not it. Wide receiver, I got Chris Godwin like we talked about, Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton is the name y'all need to keep an eye out for. Denver is a really, really interesting team because when Drew Locke took over quarterback last year, that offense took off. Cortland Sutton went off in those last few games. He had 72 catches, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns for the season. Not bad. Cortland Sutton's getting to the point where he's near his prime. Now, mind you, it all depends on how Jerry Judy does. Because if he eats up Sutton's catches and his targets, that's going to be a problem. But I think it might be the opposite. And Jerry Judy might get a lot of the attraction. And that will open up the game for a guy like Cortland Sutton. But I would certainly keep an eye out for Cortland Sutton. Another guy I would keep an eye out on for is T.Y. Hilton. I know he hasn't been healthy the last few seasons. Having said that, if he can stay healthy, he finally has a better quarterback since Andrew Luck left. No offense to Jacoby Brissett because Brissett had a big arm and when he was healthy, he, he was great with T.Y. Having said that, when you got a guy like Phillip Rivers and as experienced that he is, I expect a big year from T.Y. Hilton if he stays healthy. And lastly, I got Stephon Diggs. He's finally the number one guy again. Obviously, he shared that role with Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Now you are solely the guy in Buffalo for Josh Allen. Buffalo had no flashy receivers last year. Now they will go up and they trade for a guy like Stephon Diggs. I love it. Buffalo is a contender in my opinion. And now you had a guy like Stephon Diggs. I'm definitely keeping an eye out on that. Some other guys to keep an eye on. At quarterback, Matt Stafford. If he stays healthy, Derek Carr, Philip Rivers, Baker Mayfield, and Ben Roethlisberger. Derek Carr, I think, has something to prove. He has more targets. We talked about Darren Waller. And you add a guy like Henry Ruggs as well. <clears throat> There's a lot of upside to that. And then, of course, the one guy who I didn't talk about, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is my dark horse. 
I really think he has a lot in store for this season. But again, all depends on if you're healthy. Another dark horse that I got here is AJ Green, our receiver. No one talks about AJ Green because he missed the entire season and he's had a lot of injury problems. But if he can stay healthy and you got a, a young kid like Joe Burrow, I don't think the Bengals are going to be nearly competitive even with Joe Burrow this season because they are still in the rebuilding stages. But they're going to have fun. AJ Green and Joe Burrow, that could be a really nice hookup. So if AJ Green can stay healthy, I'm keeping my eye on AJ Green as a dark horse for sure. Some players to avoid, Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers. I only have them on here because Carson Wentz is injury prone and Aaron Rodgers has no talent around them. I just don't trust that offense after what I saw last year. To running backs, some guys to avoid. Todd Gurley, again, because of it, he's injury prone. But I low-key kind of like him in Atlanta. But we'll see what happens. James Conner, injury prone. I ran into that brick wall last year. I drafted him in the first round. It was a disaster. If James Conner is a breakout year this year, you can blame me. That's fine with that. But... I wouldn't trust James Conner. Leonard Fournette, same thing, injury injury prone. David Johnson, don't really know what to expect out of him. And any running back on the Patriots or the 49ers, and here's why I say this. Take Patriots or 49ers running backs in the later rounds. If they're still if you see Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert or Jet McKinnon in the late rounds, oh, I would take them in a heartbeat because they're fantastic depth, fantastic depth, because you know you're going to get something out of each of those guys. But do not put all your eggs in that basket in an early round, because I will tell you this right now as a 49er fan, Raheem Mostert is not going to be getting 100 yards every single game. Tevin Coleman is not going to be rushing for 100 yards every single game. They're not workhorses. Kyle Shanahan likes to do a running back by committee, and you never know who it's going to be each week. Having said that, if you need a guy in depth and you need to start him if someone's on a bye week, oh, hell yeah, I would bet on any of those three because the Niners, we all know, they're a run-first team. Same goes for the Patriots. But we'll see all that and how that goes there. So hopefully that helps, giving a preview of some players that I think are going to make a comeback or coming back from injuries or some top-tier players. Hopefully some of that kind of helps. Another guy that I would look at at quarterback, similar to Cam Newton, is Ben Roethlisberger. Pittsburgh's defense is phenomenal. That's the one team that I think no one's really talking about is the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback too, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I would take the chance on that. But we'll see what happens there. But keep an eye out for Ben Roethlisberger and some of these guys that have changed teams or coming back from injuries. It's going to be a really, really interesting season. But hopefully that helps and people kind of know some of these guys that you know you can keep an eye on and all that. For the 49ers side, I think there are a lot of guys that you could count on. I would say the top guys that I would take, Debo Samuel, when he comes back, Kendrick Bourne, because I feel like he's going to get a lot of um, red zone targets but that might change this year with Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd and now Jordan Reed if he's healthy things might be a little different like I said I would take any 49er running back in the later rounds for depth Jimmy Garoppolo 
could go either way. He could be a little more like last year where not flashy stats, but he's good enough to be a quarterback number two. Or Jimmy Garoppolo could be unbelievable in his second full season under Kyle Shanahan. It really depends on how much faith you have in Jimmy Garoppolo, which clearly I'm aware a lot of people do not have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I do, but for fantasy, I I just wouldn't really trust it that much considering the Niners are a run-first team. Anyways, that is it for this episode. Hope you all learned something for fantasy football in this coming draft. Good luck to everyone heading into this season. It's going to be a weird season. Expect the unexpected. But don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. And we'll see you next week.